Hey friends, before we start the show, I want to invite you to check out my brand new free training all about how you can start your own freelance business from home. In this completely free one hour training, I am going to share with you exactly how I was able to leave my full-time teaching job and replace my income by freelancing and how you can do the same thing too. We're going to talk about how you can find skills that you already have and what services you can offer, as well as what you need to actually get started today. So you can go check out my brand new free training. It's my gift to you at aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. That's aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. And we will link that up in the show notes for you. All right, now let's go ahead and dive on into the show. Hey girl, welcome back to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. Today I am bringing you a guest interview with the fabulous Stephanie Judice, and I cannot wait for you to learn all about Stephanie's business, how it has transformed from the very early stages of her business and what she's up to now. Stephanie is going to share with us all about growing a team and a small agency and what that transition has looked like for her and how she's been able to scale her business that way. This podcast is all about scaling your freelancing business and there's different avenues that you can take to do that. And I did not choose to go the agency route with my business when I was scaling it. I chose to get known as the expert in my service and bring on a few high quality clients at premium rates, but that's not the only way that you can scale your business. And I wanted to bring on Stephanie because she chose not only to do the signature service route, which you know that I talk about on the podcast, but she also chose to do the agency route. And she gives us great tips on how to grow an agency and who is this agency model for and what is it like bringing on team members and how can you do that? And how do you know when it's time to start bringing on people to help you in your business? And how can you let your clients know that you are going the agency route if this is something that you're interested in? Lots of really great juicy stuff. If you have been thinking about an agency or you just wanna know, hey, what is this all about? Stephanie is the person that's going to break it all down for us. So I cannot wait for you to hear all about Stephanie, her business, her growth, her success. You're going to love this conversation and I will catch you in today's episode. Welcome to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. This is the podcast for overwhelmed freelancers who are ready to simplify and scale their business so they can earn more and stress less. I'm your host, Aubrey Malik, and I'm a former elementary teacher who launched my own freelancing business. And now I want to share all my secrets with you. Each week, I'll be sharing business strategy, systems, and tactical tips that you can take into your business today so you can finally step into that CEO role you desire. Let's dive on into the show. Hey, Stephanie, welcome to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. Hey, Aubrey, this is so fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited to dive in today to talk all about the route that you took to grow your business. But before we do that, let's back it up a little bit and talk about your background and what you were doing prior to starting an online business. Give us all the juicy stuff. Yeah. So I graduated a lot of years ago from college, but um, graduated in marketing and and did that for a few years. And then whenever I had my first son eight years ago, I got into real estate. I actually still have my real estate license. So I've been a licensed realtor for six years, but I was doing that. And I think it was a lot of nights and weekends work. And that's when I was really getting pulled to like, there's got to be something different. I mean, I know a lot of your audience is moms. And so that's when I really 
was like, there's, there's something else that I need to be doing. And, and I was missing some of my marketing roots. So I kind of went back and fell into from a Facebook ad, um, fell into a, um, freelancer, you know, taking a program and course for that. So I took that, that was actually back in the beginning of January of 2018. So in the beginning, I kind of did it as like a little bit of a side hustle. I really didn't put like tons into it in the beginning. It was kind of a slow growth. I had a lot of mindset issues, which I know everybody kind of goes through at some point, but, um, it was kind of slow to, to grow. Then I, I, kind of did the gamut of all of the things of, you know, I was going to do website design. I was going to do graphic design. I was going to do, I just was going to do all these different things. I was doing email marketing, create, you know, helping people create courses, set up their courses. And so I really like could not find what I felt like was my thing. So I did a lot of general VA for some different people. I probably had nine or 10 clients at the time I was working all the time or none of the time I would, I was almost a taskmaster at that point. I was waiting for someone to give me a thing. So that's kind of when I started was in 2018. And then it was probably about a year later. So I've been, I niched down into podcast management, um, very unexpectedly when one of my clients wanted to launch a podcast and said, Hey, can you help me launch a podcast? And that is where I Googled my way into figuring out the podcasting space other than, you know, I listened to podcasts, but I had never, um, I didn't know that any, anybody actually produced the back end of them. You know, now I see what goes into running a podcast, but that's kind of how I got into the space. And, and since then, um, I now have a team of six con, you know, five contractors, one full-time employee, and I've just grown my business and it's, um, I don't know, it's been wild and fun and, you know, and some days I love it. Some days are hard, but, um, I think that's everybody's journey. So that's kind of my story from the beginning. I didn't realize we started pretty much right around the same time. Cause I started or wait, you said January of 2018. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. So then I was, I was, I was later 2000. I always like, I'm trying to like, both of my boys were born in December, um, two years apart. And so I'm like trying to remember like the dates and where I'm at, but, um, I love, I love hearing the story in the back end of how it like started and what, you know, made you start. And just, I'm sure like, just wanting, like you said, wanting that flexible schedule. Um, I would love to talk, you, you touched on niching down into podcast management what was that change for you? Because you were talking about you were doing all different kinds of things, probably just trying to figure out, you know, like, where do I enjoy doing things? Um, what was it about podcast management? Or what did you find, like, once you finally decided, like, I'm going to do this and stop doing all the other things? So I had, like I said, I had nine clients at the time. I was working all the time. I was working with a coach at the time. And she was like, what do you want to do? And I literally, I, I kept telling myself, I think that I was multi-passionate, that I loved doing all the things, right? I loved doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, I love the design side. I love the writing side. I love that, you know, I loved all of these things. But looking back on it now, I think it was indecision and not being able to just decide. And um, as an Enneagram one, I'm a perfectionist. So I think it was the idea of like, if I choose this route and if I go and be a web designer is what I was thinking, then that is what I have to be the rest of my life. And, you know, now looking back on it, I'm like, oh, Stephanie, like you wouldn't have had to have stayed there. Like that could have been a stepping stone for something else. But anyway, so that's kind of in the beginning, what I was doing is just 
couldn't not being able to decide what it was that I wanted. And one of my clients said, um, you know, I want to launch a podcast. Can you help me? So I said, sure. So I kind of helped her get her podcast off the ground. She had an editor at the time, but I was kind of doing everything else. So I was doing like her show notes and her graphics and her website. And so I was doing that side of it and not at the time. I didn't realize that I was essentially being a podcast manager until I started working with um, a business coach. And so she was trying to help me niche down. And she said, well, what's something that you like doing? I said, well, one of my clients, I love doing helping her with her podcast. She's like, okay, so be a podcast manager. I'm like, what is a podcast manager? I mean, I didn't even know that existed two years ago. So, and I, and so anyway, she said, you're going to be a podcast manager and you're going to try it for three months or six months. And if you don't like it, you can do something else. So I literally went that day and changed my website to where I was going to be a podcast manager. I had no idea what I was doing, but that's kind of what started off on my journey. And then that was probably in May of 2019, I believe. And I got my first client, um, two or three months later, I went to podcast movement in Orlando and one of the, um, she was a business coach and one of the people that I stayed with, she was like, I'm actually about to launch a podcast. Do you want to launch it for me? And she was my first client. She's still a client of mine today, a very good friend, but that's kind of how I started in that space. And since then, you know, it was kind of slow in the beginning, but really in March of 2020, which when COVID hit, um, I believe I had four clients at the time. And one of my clients, you know, she just, she said, you know, we're going to have to stop the world shutting down. You know, everybody went into a panic, I think. And so at the time I thought I'm going to lose all my clients. And um, lo and behold, the business has just grown since, you know, from there. And now we work with about 20 different clients. So it's, you know, five X, I guess, since COVID's hit. So it's been, it's been very fun, but it's been wild because it was a uh, very quick growth, which I was not set up and ready for. Right. It's so funny too, with the, like the pandemic and everything like that. I always had like people who, people in my family or in my circle who they don't really know what I do. Like they just, like, I try to explain it, but they're like, okay, like you work online and they're always like, you know, how are things going? Are things okay? And I'm like, like, that was like March, April, May of last year were like my busiest months. And I'm like, oh my, like, I just felt like it it was the need was there because people were like, we've got to pivot, we've got to shift. And then people were coming online. And um, so there was definitely like, it was, it was a scary time, like at first, like trying to figure out like what to do with everything. But it ended up, I feel like definitely working out in freelancers favors because people needed, needed that support as they made that um, transition online. Yeah. And I think that people didn't even realize, just like you were saying, like friends and family, I feel like they are, look at me like I, like I'm talking crazy whenever I talk about things online, but I used to be that way too. I mean, before I clicked on this random Facebook ad and watched this random webinar, which I didn't even know what a webinar was, right? I was like, what is this? And, you know, clicked by on this course. I mean, and then you just get it sucked into this online space and you realize like how big it is and how many different things. And even in the podcasting space or whatever, I mean, I have clients in all different industries, all different niches, like that sell, you know, totally different things. And it's just very cool to see how people can niche down and be very successful in all different, you know, all different niches. So it's been really fun. Well, and it's probably like you were saying too, like you felt like you were multi-passionate, like wanting to do all the things. And so now like you get to do very, a, a very systematized thing with the podcast management, but in working with different clients and them having different industries and different courses and different things, that's where I feel like you'll probably get to see that you get to have that change where the system is the same, like what you're doing over and over the show notes, the graphics, those type of things, but the type of client you're working with can change. And that probably keeps you 
excited, you know, where it's not the same mundane thing every time. Totally. That's like why I, whenever I got into it, I was like, I really did enjoy, just like you said, being able to like do the show notes, do the graphics, do the audiograms, you know, do some editing, like do a bunch of different things, but offer it as a package to one person. So you weren't doing all of the different things to all of the different people. You were able to do all of the different things, but still have it as one service that you could provide. And then really, you know, of course, like with any, um, you know, any BA type role or anything like that, just really getting in there, streamlining, streamlining how we work with clients and that kind of thing. And every client's a little bit different. Like I said, they're all like a lot of them are in different niches and stuff, but we really have a set process that we do. So even though each client's a little different, they all have different, you know, one's WordPress, one's Squarespace, they still both have a website and the show notes are still very similar in their structure. And so just really streamlining those packages has, you know, helped us tremendously, especially as we've, you know, brought on other team members. And I want to talk about the, like growing the team piece, but before I do that, just because I do have some listeners who are newer, like they're just, they're, they've started as a VA and they kind of, that was one thing that you were mentioning that I thought was really great is like a lot of times people will get hung up on the little things in the beginning, like hung up on the logo and the business name and what service they're going to offer. And I am just such a proponent of just get started, just get your feet wet, like get a client, get a general idea of like what you want to offer, but it doesn't have to be set in stone because especially if you're brand new to the online space. Like if you, like for me, I was a teacher. So like, I didn't have that type of like online business background. So I didn't really like this, the language that we're using now, like talking about webinars and sales funnels and all these things. I had no idea what that was. And I wouldn't have learned if I liked that or not without actually getting started and trying to see, Hey, do I like this? Do I enjoy this? Like I started out with social media management. I thought, okay, like I'm gonna, this is where I'm going to be. And then, you know, a couple of months of doing that, I'm like, okay, no, <laughs> this doesn't like my media. <laughs> yeah. I was social media management. I think like exactly. I want to like scream in the microphone. What you were saying is so true. I struggle with this for so long in the beginning. Um, and like I said, a, a little bit of my perfectionism coming out, but how many times I worried about what my logo was like, what the business name would be and what the website looked like and what my graphics look like, like nobody cares. And I have learned that and I've seen that now. And I mean, I just now redid my website for the, you know, for the probably fifth time, but now it's actually like starting to look better and actually matters because I'm, you know, I'm in it for the long haul now, but in the beginning, how many times I set it up as I'm a website designer and redid my whole website. And then it was up for three, three months. And then I had to change it. And I spent all of my time doing stuff like that instead of getting out there and actually doing work to figure out what it was that I was good at and, and how, you know, and finding clients and getting out there. And until you get out there and until you find clients and start actually doing the work, you're not going to figure out what it is that you like, you know, I mean, you just have to get out there and do it. And, and it's very hard because, you know, you feel like it's going to be, you know, if you go down this, this, this one thing, you have to do that. And you don't, because once you get into social media management, that's maybe where you learn about sales funnels. Well, now all of a sudden you start, you realize that you love writing the copy for the sales funnel. Now you can really niche down and be a, you know, a copywriter for sales funnels. So it's, that's where you really figure out how, you know, what you're great at and, and really niche down. And that's where you start charging more and that's, but you can't do that until you start at the bottom and just get out there and, and just do it. Yeah. I had within starting, like actually saying like, okay, I'm doing this and like starting the business. I had my first client within a week. I don't even think I had a portfolio to send her. Like I just kind of like talked to her, got on a call with her. Um, and like, I will have people ask me that too. Like, how did you do it? And I, 
like I almost when I think back to it, it's like I kind of just like turn my brain off because like the, the thoughts of like, it's not perfect. And what are they going to think of me? And I was just like, it almost like I had to like, just put that that in the back of my head and be like, if I don't do this now, like I'm going to let these thoughts consume me and it's going to hold me back. And that's where I see like people in the beginning where they're struggling. It's like, but I don't have this and I don't have this. And it's like, you know, just put yourself out there. Like you're like, I am just a firm, firm believer. in like, you have to take that step first before you get the confidence or like, even like as a teacher, like I could have, I remember when we were, you know, going to school to, to become a teacher and it wasn't until like my last semester in college that I actually got to like get in front of a classroom, like by myself teaching them. And I learned so much in that short period of time, but it was because I was actually like doing the steps, not just like reading about it and thinking about it. And what will I do if this happens? Like I actually just had to kind of, you like almost like throw them, throw them in the pool and, you know, learn to swim. And, learn to swim. Yeah. and I mean, that's how it is when you're ever in college. I'm like, how many times, you know, and whenever I was in college back in 2007, really dating myself, but back then, I mean, marketing was totally different. Like I'm not using any of that today. Sometimes people say, Oh, but you had a marketing background. I'm like, I, I couldn't even tell you what I did back in college. Like I have learned everything that I've done from doing and from, you know, doing the work now. And I mean, that's, and, and I love seeing that people in your space. And I think people in, you know, people that have had these like nurses, teachers that haven't been in the, you know, quote business space really struggle with that. But I mean, there are, I, I just, I'm like, I, I guess I always want to say someone from a business background or someone from a teacher or a nurse or a whatever it is, like whenever you get into the online space, it's almost like you just have to start from scratch and learn then. I mean, not one person doesn't really have a leg up on anyone else at that point. Yeah. And I always say too, like, I will have people who ask me like, what are almost like, it's like a college course. Like, what are the prerequisites? Like, what do I need to have? And it's like, you just need to like be hardworking. You need to be resilient. You need to like, you know, roll up your sleeves and do the work. Cause it's not like, it's not anything. I mean, it's hard work. Um, but like, those are the things like you almost need to have like those qualities, like that. I'm going to figure it out. Like if an obstacle comes my way, I'm not just going to throw my hands up. Like those are the things And if you have those skills, like it doesn't matter what your previous job is or what your experience is. Like, I think those are the innate skills that will help you to be successful in the online space. I mean, and the thing is, is nowadays it's like anything that you, if someone says, Hey, do you know how to do this? You might say no, but I can figure it out. And, and YouTube is your friend. YouTube will teach you more than, you know, and I mean, there's all kinds of everything, but you can go to YouTube and you can figure out how to, you know, connect the, the Calendly link to the, whatever, you know, you can figure stuff out as you go. And, and just like what you were saying, I mean, being dependable, showing up and being there for your clients, you'll, you're far ahead than anybody else. I mean, it's hard to find good work nowadays. And even with my contractors, how they started out, none of them, a lot of them didn't have prior experience or anything like that. You know, a lot of them were straight out of college or whatever, and they're not even in the space that they, you know, where, whatever they graduated in. So, I mean, you can really do anything and, and, you know, you can figure out how to do it. Yes. That's, I mean, I was today, I, we had to wash our car seat covers and, um, I had to, figure out how to put the thing back together. Cause it's just as hard to take it apart as it is put it back together. And I looked at YouTube and I said, okay, I typed in the model that I had. And there was a video of someone walking me right through it. it took me 15 minutes. I, you know, I sent it to my husband. He's like, I'm like a nice guy on YouTube. Walked me through the process. So I got it. And they're probably <laughs> making millions with advertising yeah. and you never knew, you know, how that all worked, but yeah, right. it's fun. So I did want to, I know we got off on like a little tangent here before we talk about like the agency route. I did want to just touch on podcast management for anybody who's, you know, as a general VA, they're thinking about niching down and maybe they're interested, they love listening to podcasts. So um, just 
kind of give us a brief little overview of what you do as a podcast manager. Um, can you do some things like I know you were saying in the beginning, like your one client already had an editor. So you were kind of just doing the, the one piece of it. Can you do both? Um, just quickly about that before we get into the Yeah, 100%. I've talked to several, I have a lot of um, BAs who reach, who have reached out to me and asked about podcast management. I'm always happy to help. But I mean, one of the great things about podcast management is when, just like you said, whenever I first started out, I literally was pretty much a VA doing VA work for her. I would put her, you know, she would write her show notes in the beginning. She had an editor and I would just put it on the website and I would just make a graphic. Well, then I learned how to use headliner and make an audiogram, you know, and then I would, and so it's, that was kind of like the transition of it. Um, So that's what I did in the beginning. Then the next client, I did everything as a package except for editing because that was the hardest part right in the beginning. That's the one that gets everybody tripped up. So then I did everything but editing. Um, So the good thing about podcast management, and then, you know, then I did learn to edit and I edited the first few clients that I had. I edited their podcast. I quickly realized, you know what? I'm a little slow at this. It's not the best use of my time. My time's better spent. I liked the design work and that piece of it more. So what's the first thing that I hired out was the editing. And I worked with an editor and um, worked, you know, he did the editing and I did everything else. So there's a lot of different ways that you can work and and do things. A lot of, um, you know, I work on the production side of it. So I work, for instance, everything after the recording to get it out. There's some podcast managers who work as podcast pitchers. So they might get like, for instance, you know, Aubrey, they're going to pitch Aubrey to be podcast, you know, to be on other guest podcast, you know, a guest podcaster. So there's a lot of different things. You can work on the marketing side. You can work, I mean, some podcast managers are technically only editors. So they learn editing, they love editing, and that's all they do. They don't do anything else. So there's a lot of different ways you can work with clients. And I know a lot of podcast managers, some of them hate writing. And so they do everything but the show notes and they, you know, some of them hate graphics. They do everything but the graphics. So you can definitely work with clients in the podcasting space. Um, and, you know, depending on what you enjoy doing, do pieces and parts of it. And that's kind of what I've done with my business as well. Yeah. And I also, I talk a lot with my students in my community too, because I know like one of the biggest hangups too, especially as you're like niching down, is that something that you're offering, like you're not offering all the services. So you're kind of offering that premium service to clients. Um, and you start to get really good at it and you can raise your rates a lot of of my students are like, but you know, they worry about price objection. And is this going to be too high? Like if I'm doing this and that's why I come in and say like, well, have, have some different options for them. Like have, you know, like a basic package. So if it was for podcasts, like have like the basic where you're going to do the editing, um, you know, and upload it. And then maybe they take care of the show notes and the, and the graphics. And then you have your middle tier where you add on a little bit more, but that way, you know, it can meet people where they're at. Cause sometimes too, like I, I always like to give people the benefit of the doubt. I know there are some some clients out there who are sticklers on prices and they just don't want to pay, not that they can't pay. Um, but I also think sometimes too, you know, being on this side of it and, and as I started to outsource and hire out for things in my business, knowing that like when you're first getting started, like the budget isn't always there. So having those different tiers where you can say like, okay, I do want to outsource this piece of it because it's not, you know, the best use of my time, but you know, maybe for right now I'll still have to handle this piece of it. And then the podcast manager can handle that. Um, so you can kind of help uh, your your clients if they're not at a place to take on your full you know premium service where you're handling everything for them. Yeah, and that's what I did. I actually, like I said, how I had started out as a VA, I was working hourly for my clients. So I just continued working hourly at the time. Then I was able to package it up. And you know, when I first started, 
I can't even remember how much my first package was. I think it was three or 400 a month. Right. And I was like, oh, this is going to take forever to get to my, you know, goal. And I started at three or 400 a month. And, you know, just recently I raised my, you know, now I have a package that's 1800 a month. So it quickly, I mean, and, and, you know, I think it's very hard because I always got stuck a lot on the money. And I know that a lot of people get stuck on the like, Clients won't pay that. I used to say that all the time. Clients will pay that. Now I have clients that don't, they don't ask for a discount. They don't bat an eye. They're just like, sounds great. But you know, and some clients are like, that's way too expensive. I can't afford that. But that's not my client. Um, That's not the way that I work with my clients. I like to, you know, I kind of like to have fewer clients and work with them on a, you know, bigger scale. And so that's how I work with mine. Some of them, you know, want to work with high quantity, you know, high quantity on, you know, and may only do editing or something. But just remember that not everyone just because someone tells you that they can't pay your $500 a month package, that doesn't mean that no one can. Um, there's a lot of clients that can. And, and I know podcast managers that charge two, three, four thousand a month and people pay that. So even when I get stuck in my head that, you know, when I was recently raising pricing, I'm like, no one's going to pay 1500 and, and they do because I know podcast managers who charge that. So I think it, you know, it's just, some, it's, it's very hard, but it's something that you have to remember. You just have to find the right clients. Right. And especially too, like, and I always encourage people to, cause they're like, when they're raising their rates, I'm like, it's a lot easier to, to increase your rates and bring on a new client, you know, because they haven't had your previous rates. So of course with any client you'll, you know, I, I mean, there, there will be some clients, those really amazing clients who like you are saying, you know, Hey, we've reached this, you know, time and working together and I'm going to increase my rates. And they're like, fine. Like they love everything that you're doing. And for, to them, it's like, it's worth it to keep on, but then you will have some clients who will give you some pushback. But I always say like, if you're raising your rates, like try it on for size with a newer client because they're, they've never seen your previous packages before. So they're, it's a little bit easier to like make that transition. And then it's almost proof to yourself, like, Hey, someone will pay this rate. Um, and so I can go out and find another client at that increased rate. If you know, my current clients, when I do raise my rates, if they're, you know, if they decide that they don't want to continue on. That's exactly how you should do it. And that's how I did mine too. I started out at 500 a month. And then as soon as I signed that one on, then I went up to 750 and then I went up to 950 and and I slowly, because everyone gave me a little bit more confidence that I could do it. And so, you know, my newer clients, they are all signed on at higher rates than my older clients. And a lot of my older clients, I've kind of grandfathered in for a little while because we're in a flow. They're easy, you know, they're a little bit easier to work with than the newer ones and that kind of thing. But I mean, definitely, I think that that comes confidence you know, that comes with confidence and being able to do it. And you see that it's a a good product. And the good thing too, is, you know, you can, you don't have to, if you start out at 500, you don't have to raise that client to 2000. You, you know, eventually if you do get to that price point, you know, then it may be time to break ways with that client, but you can always do that. But, you know, you bring on a new client, then you can, you know, if you have to release, you know, one of your first clients, you can do that too. Yeah, absolutely. So let's shift gears into your agency because I, well, we haven't talked about this on the podcast yet as um, someone who's growing an agency, who's bringing on a team to help with all the different pieces with their clients. So how, how has having the agency helped you scale and what did that process look like? So, um, in 20, so when in, in 2020, when I had four clients, I believe at the time I was trying to remember back, I think I had one VA at the time. She was helping me with um, some of the graphics, some of the things like that. So I was doing everything else. And then I had an editor. Let's see, the editor was the first one, because like I said, I outsourced that quickly. So they were doing the editing. I was kind of doing everything else. I slowly brought on a VA 
Um, then I, you know, as like, and kind of like you said on the pricing thing, like as I brought on a new client, I, I brought on a new VA and it didn't have to, you know, some of my VAs may only work five to 10 hours a week. Um, you know, now I've gotten to the point where I have an account manager, but that's, it's, it's been a slow, you know, but that's what I've kind of done. So I brought on, I have two production VAs now. So they do um, a lot of the graphics, the website, the audiograms, stuff like that. And then I brought on a show notes writer because I looked at, okay, what am I doing now? Where is my time going? I was tracking my time. What am I spending the most time on now that I'm not having to do editing anymore? Where am I spending my time? And it was on show notes. So then the next logical thing was to hire out a show notes person. So now I have a show notes writer. Um, and so then after that, I said, okay, now we're getting busy enough. I need one more, you know, production BA. Then I hired one more production BA. So it was slow. And I think people get scared on the team aspect. Cause they're like, I can't, uh, you know, I'm going to have to manage these six people. And I mean, you know, I thought that too, but if you get good people and, you know, and just like me, I'm hiring, you know, VAs to come help me now with my business. And it's really been great. Um, I think, you know, as far as an agency, if you don't like people and if you don't like managing people, then you probably wouldn't like the agency model. You know, I don't, have plans to grow a huge agency. I know sometimes people have, I'm going to have 20, 30, 40, 50 team members. That is not my goal. I love, love, love my team now. I mean, they are amazing women. And, you know, one of the things I think that has come out of, of, growing the agency side that I didn't think would happen is being able to provide for other, um, other moms, you know, some of my, like my VAs, their moms, they're at home and one just adopted, or she's fostering two children right now. And she's like, thank you so much that I get to be home and be able to do this, you know? And so I think that's been like really cool to see. Um, one of my show notes writers three months ago, you know, it, it kind of came to the point where, where I was working with my clients and I was doing 100% of the client communication. I was the only face to the clients, right? Everybody else was behind the scenes. Well, it came to the point of like, I now know that I'm the bottleneck because my clients have to tell me something, you know, they may have to change something. They're telling me I have to tell the team, then the team changes it, then I have to tell the client. So I was realizing I can't go out of town literally an unplug because nothing will get done because I'm the relayer. I'm the middleman. Right. So that's when I really realized I need to hire an account manager. And I hired one of my VAs at the time um, as an account manager. And she said, I can only do it if I can go full-time because she was, a, in, she was working a full-time job at the time. And I shifted things around on our team and I made it work. And it's been one of the biggest blessings. So, um, you know, just this week, two of our team members have had family emergencies and have had to step out and emergency fly, you know, out of state and it, nothing stopped. None of our clients will even know they won't feel it. They won't do anything because someone else is in that spot and they can step up. I can step up and help. So that's kind of been the thing that's really been great with the team side of it is everyone can kind of fill in. Um, you know, I went out of town for two weeks ago. I mean, I really, it was the first time in my business. I've really been able to pretty much unplug entire week. I mean, we had a few check-ins, but she was able to run the show the whole time I was there. And that would not have happened a year ago. Right. There was a couple of questions as you were talking that I know, like from my listeners side, I'm, I know that they would be asking. So the first question I want to ask um, with doing the agency route. So you, you were the, the face of it. Um, when you go into these discovery calls with your clients, do you let them know like, Hey, this is a team working together that, you know, like I'm going to be overseeing things, but I have someone who does the editing. Like, how does that process look, um, when you're, you know, talking to a potential client? 
So in the beginning, and, and another, um, I, I can't take the credit for this, but one of my old business coaches, she was very specific on what having a team is versus what having an agency is. And that sometimes there's a little bit of confusion. So having a team is what I've kind of did in the beginning. So I was the face of everything. I did all the discovery calls, which I still do, but I did all of the calls. And I mean, my clients did know that I had like a VA that worked with me, but they didn't realize like the extent of my team. I was still the one in their eyes that did everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was, um, that was the hardest thing for me to step away from the feeling of like, I'm in charge of everything. And my clients are relying on me and I'm the face of the business. And my clients only want me doing the work. Mm -hmm. Um, they don't. (laughs) So (laughs) that was like one of the hardest things. So in the beginning, I technically had a team, right? I had people that I relayed tax tasks down to, but then I was still the face for my clients. Agency model is where you're truly where, um, where now, like I said, with, I have with the account manager, I'm able to, she is now client facing for a lot of my clients. So she interacts with the clients like, so to where technically I could step out and the entire team handles the whole process without me. Um, so that's the little bit of the difference, um, you know, as far as like the team goes, what was your, uh, you were talking, what was your original question? Um, just like, how did, how did you approach that when you, now that you're like doing the agency type thing, how do you approach that with potential clients? How do you explain the process to them? So in the beginning, and luckily, um, a lot of my clients have been there from the beginning. So they've kind of seen it grow and grow. And so I've had to, what I did, and actually, which is one of the reasons I just kind of redid my website is because I really wanted to turn it into Um, we create podcasts, we, and so everything turned into we, and I created on, on purpose. One of my business coaches was like, you need to create a team page. Mm -hmm. Like it needs to be very team oriented so that your clients know that like, they can't boxer you and slack you. And like, you're the only person doing anything. Um, And so that was very important. So now with all of our, we, we kind of just redid a whole rebrand and we created a new uh, how we work document. So now now we have very much like we do this. Stephanie's the CEO. Haley is the account manager. You know, Amber is the VA. That's kind of how we started, you know, kind of breaking it down so they could really see. And so now when I go into discovery calls, I'm very clear that I have an awesome team. They do this. We each specialize. And I feel like Sometimes I try to tell myself that's what sets us apart. You know, I'm not the person because I'm not great. I'm not the best at editing and show notes and graphics and website and marketing and all this thing. So now I get to hire a show notes writer and I get to hire an awesome editor and I get to hire like people who specialize in their craft. And we all kind of come together to make, to do, you know, great podcast production. So that's kind of how I talk to clients now um, on our side is, you know, I'm kind of helping to manage and run it and I oversee everything. But for the most part, like, I mean, well, well, they do know that I'm not the actual one doing all of the work. And then the other piece to that too, that I was wanting to touch on too, is obviously the pricing piece of it, because, you know, you're bringing this client on and then you have to take care of all your contractors. And I know you said you have a full-time employee. So how does, how do you figure that in so that you're not making more work for yourself as managing all these people, but then not getting compensated as well? 
A hundred percent. So whenever I first started, just like we said, like you start and you're like maybe $500. Well, then you have to realize that when you start bringing on people, what you don't want to happen is now I'm making $500. Awesome. And, but I'm paying out 400. So I'm actually only making a hundred. So now I have 20 clients, which is amazing, but I'm only making 2000 a month. And I'm, you know, I should just go back to having one or two clients do it myself and not have to worry with having 20 clients, having six contractors and having to do it all. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's been hard for me, but, um, it's been that continual increasing of the pricing. Um, we've looked very strictly at, you know, really packaging our services. And we went through, you know, uh, several months ago, we, we sat down and we looked at exactly what services do we provide? Who's using what? What can we cut out? What can we streamline? What can we template? What can we create an SOP for? Like all of that is so important, but really looking at like, you know, we, we took some things out that a lot of clients weren't using anymore, or if clients were using that, then we needed to increase their price because that took more time. So, um, I know a lot of times people don't want teams because they think it's so expensive and, you know, agency so high and that kind of thing, but that's just something that you have to build into your pricing. And so I am not the cheapest podcast manager. And I've had to get over the fact that like, if you compare me to someone else, someone else may be 750 and I'm 1500, but here is what we do. Here's what we offer. And then, you know, like I said, I try to position that as like, we're the experts because we have a show, a dedicated show notes writer, a dedicated editor. We all work together. If someone's out, you know, there's, there's never a lapse in service. You know, I mean, as many, uh, 500, 600, I can't remember how many episodes we produced at this time. Like we've never not had one go out because we couldn't finish it. You know, I mean, we just, we get our work done and, and, and rely on each other. And that's been awesome. Awesome. Great. And then the other piece of it too, I know you've touched on a little bit with the managing side, um, but just any other little pieces on like having, having a team, whether you just have a small team, whether you have just some VAs that you're, you're kind of giving some extra client work to, or whether you are looking to maybe do the agency route, how do you find that you manage it all? Was it, was it what you expected? Was it harder? And then like, you know, just kind of how you've tweaked that as you've gone along. And I think just like what we were talking about earlier with like, you have to try it to see if it's something you like. And that's kind of what I figured out with the, um, the team model. You know, I hired my first one. She's been great. She's still with me, you know, almost two years later. So it's like, I just realized that I, I would hire someone. And so now, now that we're, you know, and right now we're hiring for another show notes writer, we have a very not strict, but, um, you know, we have a process in hiring because we want those long-term team members. We want someone that we feel like is a member of the team. Like we spend a lot of time trying to get the right people in the right seats so that, so that it's not a revolving door because mm -hmm. I, um, I'm a people pleaser. I want to make people happy. I don't want to hurt feelings. Managing people is not easy, but I have been very lucky to like not have to, I don't, I'm not a micromanager. I don't want any, you know, so I, um, I guess allow, but I let my contractors, you know, as long as they're getting their work done, they can work when they want. They, they know, you know, what to ask me for and they know not what to ask me for, but, um, it's hard delegating, but I think that once you start doing it, it's kind of like the muscle that you have to keep doing it. Like with anything, like once you delegate and they do a good job, then you can do something else and do something else. So, um, 
you know, I think getting the right team in place and, and just doing it one step at a time and knowing that you don't have to hire 10 people in the beginning, like hire one or two and see how that goes. You might, after hiring those people think this isn't a great fit, but with a contractor, you might only have a three month contract with them. After three months, you let them go and, and, you know, you figure it out, you know what, I'm not great at managing people and that's not what I want to do. I want to work with clients in a different way. Yeah. I, it was so funny for me. It was, that was like the hardest thing that I had to do. I, that was like a conversation that kept coming up every time I'd meet with my business coach. Did you outsource yet? Did you outsource yet? And I'm like, no, I mean, I'm having conversations, but I like, it was hard. Like, and I, that's that, I, I don't think I'm a control freak, but I like things done a certain way. And it's very interesting being on the other side of it. Like, you know, coming from the VA freelance space where I'm like, you know, stepping in, helping the business owner and kind of letting them know like, Hey, I know you can do this, but I can, you know, maybe do it a different way or do it a better way. And so then being on the other side of it where I'm like, I have to let things go. That was really, really hard for me. But, but two things that helped me do it. Um, and I know that you had talked about this too, in, in your process was before I was, I actually did the hiring. I created a lot of SOPs and a lot of things that I was already doing so that I knew that whoever's stepping in this role, it's going to continue working the way that it had been working on a well-oiled machine. Um, and then the second thing that um, happened once I actually did hire out, it was like, okay, what else can I hire out for? It was like, it's addicting. Get, yeah. yeah, get that, giving that release and, and just knowing too, that like, you don't, you don't have to do everything. I mean, I, could, but at what cost, you know, what was I, if I was staying, you know, up editing the podcast or doing, sending the emails or whatever, like at what cost am I missing out on family time is, is why I got into this business is that being compromised too. So, and I love that you said like, start small, you know, you don't, it doesn't have to be this whole entire thing. Like that's kind of what I did. It was just like the, like, I didn't even need the editing at the, at this point. Cause a lot of my solo episodes, um, like I can just record them through and I don't need it to be edited at this point. Like in the beginning, yes, it was a lot of editing, but I've also let go, like you talked about perfectionism too. Like I've let go of the fact that there's going to be ums and there's going to be word mess ups. And it's like, that's what makes my podcast, you know, like authentic. <laughs> so people and that's get to what hear your that. people like, you know, right. that's what, like, that's what makes it you. And I think that that's, you know, one of the things whenever you're working with team members or doing anything, I mean, you learn, you start delegating. And in the beginning, I mean, I reviewed everything that they did and I checked it and we still do for like quality control purposes. We still do that. Um, but now I, you know, once now I give them free reign and they know how to do things and they know the way that I like it. And if I don't see some, if I'm like, Hey, you know, I really would like you to start doing it this way. Then we change our process. And, and like you said, creating those loom videos. I mean, I create a loom video and I tell you exactly the way that mm -hmm. I guess I should say I want want to do it. Cause I'm a little bit of control freak too. Right. And so I told them, this is the way that I want to do it. And they would do it exactly that way. And if they didn't, they could go back and fix it and, and do it that way. And, um, so, you know, that, I think that with any of us, especially some of us, like a little bit, you know, the Enneagram one perfectionist control freak type things. I mean, you just realize that the way that you do things probably isn't the hundred percent, the best way we may think it is. And I know I definitely did that. And it wasn't until I hired, you know, a full-time account manager and, and really saw it and, you know, or, or hired other contractors. I'm like, dang, she actually has an eye for design. I really love how she did that cover art. Like I, you know, I'm like, she did it better than I probably could have done it. So, um, you know, there's, you're, there's a lot of people that do things a little bit different than you and it doesn't mean anything, but um, yeah. I mean, once you kind of relinquish that control and, you know, one of the things that I always said too, one of the reasons that I started this business was not fine. It was not financial. It was, 
in the beginning, I just needed something to do. I mean, I didn't have to work, I guess they should say in the beginning. And, and I didn't have to do that. I wanted to work. And so everything that I've built now is I wanted to create you know, of course I want to make money and make great money. Right. But my biggest thing is I wanted freedom. And so I did not, I, I just saw myself getting so burned out. I worked all the time. I was working at nights. I'd pick my kids up from school, hurry up, put them in front of the TV. Cause I just had to get back to work. And that's not why I built my business. That's not what I wanted to do. And so one of my biggest things was freedom. And so I knew that I would either have to let clients go, or I would have to bring on team. And that's where I decided, okay, like what do I want to do? And I loved my clients. So I didn't want to get rid of them. I, they weren't the problem. It was me. And so whenever I hired team, that's really when, you know, my business really grew. And I love how you talked about too, like the, re the reviewing, like going back through um, and just kind of seeing like what can be tweaked, what can we maybe take out um, and just doing those like check-ins. I, I love that. And that was something. And then you also talked about like everything having to be reviewed. I was very much like that too. I remember like with the show notes, I'm like, okay, you know, here's the template of how they look. Um, but when you get done with the show notes, tag me in Asana and I'll check it over. And then again, it was like, once we got into the swing of things, it's like, I don't need to be spending my time doing that. And like, to your point about, you know, someone could do it better than you, like, that's very true. And also like someone could do it just the same as you, but it's also like looking at your business and realizing like, where should you really be spending your time? Like, even though you can do it, um, you know, do you need to be doing it? That's, you know, a great, great way to look at it. And once I, once I shifted that in my mind, I was like, okay, I can, I can let, I know. Go. I mean, all the time I'm like, oh, I wish I could lay by the pool and read a book or something. And then, so whenever you're at, you know, doing something like, you know, maybe editing your own podcast, you're like, if I could pay 20, someone $20, mm -hmm. for instance, you know, whatever task it is, would I rather do that? Or would I rather pay someone and be able to pick up your kids from school or be able to, you know, and that's sometimes where you look at, what's more important in mm -hmm. right now. And, you know, I mean, it'll take a little while to get to that point, but I mean, that's what, and it's hard because we're kind of like what we do as a service provider, we're, you know, especially someone who has a team, I'm, I, I get it. Like I am a service provider to, you know, I'm a contractor to, technically, and then I have contractors. So I'm the middleman. So I see both sides of it, you know? And so some of my clients, I realize that it's hard for them to outsource the podcast to me. And I realize that it's hard for me to outsource to my team. So I have both sides of it. So I do understand. And, you know, it's hard. It's not always easy. Right. Now, now, before we kind of wrap things up here, if there was someone who's listening, who's thinking, hey, like I've been, you know, toying around with this idea, like I'm kind of at a standstill, or maybe I, you know, I've always thought about doing the agency route. Is there any tips that you would give to someone who's thinking about doing it um, and how they could make it work for them or be successful for them like it has been for you. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is probably niching down and really figuring out what it is you want to do, making sure that, you know, because what you don't want to do is start hiring people and not have a proven product and not have a proven service and, and be making consistent income. So I didn't hire my first team member till I was probably making whatever it was at the time, 4,000 a month or something. I knew that hiring someone and paying them three or $400 a month would not kill my business. What you don't want to do is go and hire someone for 2000 a month when you're making 2000 a month, that makes no sense. Right. So I think just starting off slow, um, and, and, you know, doing it slowly, but, uh, really looking at, you know, your service, making sure you have a proven service, make sure you have consistent income coming in, um, hiring slow, you know, getting someone in there, seeing how it works, outsourcing, you know, getting that. And then does that time you have to think too. And that's where I got stuck on. I was like, Oh, I just, 
I have to do everything. I have to have control. But once I was able to relinquish that control, then I was able to figure out. So now what I've been doing is going and, you know, I, what we're, what we're able to do is provide a better service. So now what I've been doing is going through my clients podcasts and doing little mini audits and improving things. So it's like, it's making everything better, not only for the client, it's making, you know, things better on the team side, but I've kind of been able to step into that role and see how can we work better? You know, now I've been able to improve my marketing because now I'm not doing, you know, spending all the all time the things, doing yeah. all the things, all the things that, you know, and I mean, cause it is a lot in running a business and, you know, helping other people. So I think it's just one of those things that it's allowing you to, to move into different spaces and to be able to provide a different service, you know, on, on like whatever it is. But the, the main thing I would say is figuring out your service, having consistent income, um, you know, hiring slow, maybe firing fast as they say, but just knowing that you can a hundred percent pivot and change and nothing is permanent. And I think, you know, that's the biggest thing. Perfect. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on today. I know this is going to be so helpful because this is something that I get asked about and I just, without having the experience and a lot of what I, you know, talk about in the podcast, I'm like, I'm sharing with what I've gone through. And so in the areas that I don't have the experience, that's why I love to bring on amazing guests like you to, to share how that looked for you and, you know, the process. So I would love for you to share where we can come connect with you and learn more about what you do. If we're interested in your services or just learning more about how you run the business, please share what we can come connect with you. Yes. So, um, you can find me pretty much everywhere, but it's Stephanie Judy. Judice.com, J-U-D-I-C-E. Um, and you can find me at Stephanie Judice on Instagram, at Stephanie Judice on Facebook, at Stephanie Judice on Clubhouse. That's not my favorite, but you can come find me there pretty much all the places. So um, yeah, I think the biggest thing just to know, you know, on the agency side that I always thought is um, that I would have to create this massive agency and all of these people, but you can have kind of what I call myself now as a boutique agency, you know, small and, and you can form your business the way that you want it. And, you know, you can work as many hours as you want. You can have three clients and have a small agency. You can have 30 clients, 300 clients, you know, 3000 clients, whatever you want it to look like. And um, so just, you know, seeing one person's agency model does not mean that you have to run your business the same. So uh, we are still very close. I'm in con constant contact with all of my clients. I love my clients. And that's, that's something that's important to me. So I choose to stay, you know, kind of in that spotlight with them. So, you know, I think it's just important to remember that it's your business and, you know, you can run it the way that you want. Perfect. I love that. I love ending on that. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. And so fun. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for choosing to spend some time with me today. I appreciate you so much. If you haven't yet, I would love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode in your Instagram stories and tag me. By sharing and reviewing, you can help spread the message so we can reach more entrepreneurs who are ready to scale their business to new heights. I will see you in the next episode.